and welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. I'm joined by Rangers blogger James Black. We've just witnessed progress against Rangers, the second leg of the Europa League qualifying tie. An astonishing result. James, 2-0 progress. What's your reaction? Um, I'm actually I'm a bit lost for words at that, to be honest. Um, that was a game that Rangers should absolutely not have been losing. Um, it was on paper and 100 it was a gimme on paper uh, even after the first leg we said it in the first podcast Rangers could have easily cruised through this and having watched that 90 minutes there it's, there's a whole lot of work to be done still for Pedro Cachina and the staff at IROX Does a result like this make you question Cachina's future as Rangers manager? Or at least start to analyse his role in proceedings so far? Uh, yes and no. Uh, yes in that it's, uh, it's very much a black mark against his name. You know, there's going to be no sugar coat in this result and there's, there's going to be there's no sidestep in how terrible a performance that's been. Uh, but at the same time, it's very unlikely that the board's going to make any rash decision just now, given that we've just backed the guy to the £27 million. We've just let him bring in eight, soon to be nine players when Doran signs later this week. So I don't see them making a change, but I can understand people starting to now question the manager. Yeah, it seems preposterous at this stage of the season to even be, in the, to even be discussing it, but... It was really a performance that lacked any kind of pace, urgency or framework. What was your take on the tactical decisions that were made before the start of the game in terms of the starting lineup and then in the game itself? In terms of the starting 11, that was having looked at Twitter throughout this afternoon and then when the team had announced... There were very few complaints with that starting 11. Um, I have no complaints with the starting 11. I don't think that the players that he has available at the minute that there would be much change that he could have possibly have made to have changed things up. Everybody would have been happy with Morelos coming on for Waghorn. Aye, absolutely. Um, also, we hope coming out for Jordan Ross at under. I think they're maybe slightly too similar a player to effectively work together. Jackie but, Roster? Yeah. It certainly looked that way, didn't it? It just seemed a bit flat in midfield. It was kind of similar to when we saw Joey Barton and uh, Roster play there together. They sort of stepped on each other's toes. Two, two very defence-minded midfielders who, I mean, as I said last time, Jack, I can see Jack looking to get forward a bit more. But the way it was set up tonight for the Niederkorn game, they were always just going to sit in front of the defence. And you, they were going to be playing balls forward. They were going to be the starting point for attacks. But they were two-one paced. A lot of simple passes they weren't completing. So the first step, and it's, it wasn't coming off to start with. So in terms of the attacking play, it just seemed to be very, very flat. The starting lineup with uh, Candias and uh, Morelos and Cranshaw, it seemed like it was a team that was set up to, to score goals, but it was just so flat. How do you account for that? Um, I mean, looking at it, it seemed to be that intention was for Candias 
and Morelos or whichever two, whatever point of the game were playing the wide terms, so be it Miller and Candias, Miller and Morelos, whoever. So they were playing almost as inverted strikers, so they're going to come in and let the full-backs bomb up outside them. Tavernier done it to some effect. Wallace not so much, so they instantly lost a big part of how it appeared that they were trying to set up to play tonight. What is your take on Nico Kranjkar in that number 10 role? He's obviously an exquisitely talented ball player. However, he isn't the most mobile, he isn't a guy that's going to bomb around the pitch causing problems for teams. I don't know if he suits that number 10 role. I think he suits number 10 role, but I think you need to pick your midfield to compensate for his own physical deficiencies. So, as I said before, Cranchard's not going to be the guy that tracks runners, he's not going to be the guy coming deep. So you need to make sure the two that are sitting further behind, be it Ross, uh, Jack, Ryan Jack and Jordan Ross are, or Jack and Holt, Ross and Holt, whoever it will be, you need to have somebody in behind them that's got the legs to... I don't want to say carry Cranchard, but they're going to do his donkey work. Based on what we've already said regarding Roster and Jack, they're both fit lads, but they're not exactly guys who are going to get around the pitch. Which is maybe takes us back to the initial starting lineup. Maybe Jason Holt would have been a better choice in there, because at least one thing you can guarantee with Holt is that he does have an engine. Yeah. Uh, I'd be interested to see where Pena fits in here now. I had originally thought that they was maybe going to try and put Pena into that number 10 role where Cranshaw has been the last few games. But, I mean, that's now two games that Cranshaw have played the full thing. I've got a feeling Cranshaw might just be one of the guys that Kishina does look to. So I could possibly see Pena come in as one of the deeper midfielders and give him, have him that set of legs for Cranshaw. Was there any positives you can take from this game? Uh, not really. Um, even the guys that when you look you look at the squad last season were big performers for Rangers, so where's Fodringham? I thought he looked very shaky tonight. Uh, also in the first leg, actually, there was one or two one or two occasions when he came to collect balls, he flapped at it, he pushed it. It didn't seem as comfortable and composed as it had previously. Um, defensively, ultimately, it sounds an odd thing to say after a 2-0 defeat, but I don't think Rangers were that troubled at the back. Um, the two goals progress scored were almost goals from nothing. Um, the first goal, David Bates lost his man. Forward gets in and gets a little touch. Second goal, again it was from the lost man. I think it was George Windass at the second goal. Lost his man. He gets a free, just a little flick on it, and it goes by Fodringham. Other than that, there wasn't many occasions when I genuinely thought that progress looked like they were putting Ranger under the cosh. Mm. To be fair, Fodringham did have a good save as well. Um, and certainly looking at the stats after the game, it was a very even game. And I think that must be, for Rangers fans, the most worrying aspect, that against a, a part-time team from Luxembourg, it was an extremely even game. And very little was created going forward until maybe in the last 10 minutes when Rangers really threw everything at them. I know people will say that the, the Rangers hit the bar three times, but... 
overall, I think the structure of the game was, was fairly even. Yes, it's hard to disagree with that. Um, if I remember correctly, at half time, I think it was Rangers had had two shots on target to progress each one. Which just says everything for the, about the game for me. These are game. This is a game where Rangers should have been having five, six, seven, eight shots on target in the first half, just peppering neither corner goal. But even simply for uh, the confidence aspect of it, to build up some early goals for some of the new signings. Let them get their first goal as a Rangers player. But, as you've said, it's just they completely lack that urgency going forward. Obviously, it's very early in the season, but Rangers fans were extremely excited about being in Europe. You saw the, the sellout in the previous game uh, last week. How will this affect morale going forward? Now, there's, there's not another game until, I believe, it's five weeks from now. So... I think that by the time the first league game comes around, it's not going to be forgotten, but people will be a wee bit more optimistic again. I mean, we've seen how it changed from the end of last season until this time, a week ago, two weeks ago, when the fans were very much getting into the spirit of it. And we're, we're looking forward to having football back despite last season having an absolute shambles. And I think they're just giving a wee, a wee break one or two most new signings come in so as I said what Graham Dorans I think it's Thursday he's expected to arrive we may see movement from Jamie Walker maybe even Kenny McLean I think that will help to kind of help Rangers fans get over this in the short term One of the big criticisms aimed at Pedro Cascina last season especially towards the end of his of the, of the season was that the team didn't really look like they knew what they were doing it almost looked like they were a bit confused uh, a lot of people have said that and watching the game I felt that that was something you could level at them tonight there wasn't a real sense of how he wants his team to set out and play I think a lot of people wanted to give him the time to bring his own players in before we could assess that but he has done that and still, watching it again tonight, it was a sense that we're not really that sure what this team is trying to do. Would you? Would you? Would that concern you? It does a little. Um, on that scope for these first couple of games, I would give them a little bit of leeway on it, and that you're still missing Bruno Alves, you're still missing Pena, you're still missing. You've seen Herrera tonight for. I think he came off the bench for the last 10 minutes or so, 15 minutes. So that's only the first real opportunity we've had to see these guys come into the team and to see them play as part of this unit. If after four, five or six games that uh, the team still looks as disjointed, um, it, you know, there's still certain players that look a little bit baffled as to what they're trying to do then yeah it would be a, a real serious issue but just now though I think as I say with some of the new signings not even having made a debut yet it's a little early to jump to that one OK James that's it for this episode to continue the debate you can follow us on Twitter I'm at Johnny R McFarlane and James you are at James A Black if you're interested in the movers and shakers in the transfer window, then you should also check out our brand new The Transfer Window podcast where we look at the biggest moves 
at the biggest clubs in the world. For all the up-to-the-minute football news as it happens, follow The Record Sport on Twitter, like us on Facebook or visit us at thedailyrecord.co.uk. We'll be back soon with all the latest talking points from Ibrox, Ockenhowie and beyond. If you want to get the podcast as soon as they go online, please subscribe at iTunes, Audio Boom, or any other good podcasting platform. Thanks for listening.